Hey people, my name is Aram, my pronouns are he, him, and welcome back to God's Fall. In order to move God's Fall to a game we record virtually, we've had to invest in audio gear for all of our players. We really need to recoup some of our expenses to keep the show going throughout the entire season. For $5 a month, you'll get access to a bunch of original stories, art, maps, my complete DMs notes, and early God's Fall releases, including the first four episodes of season six. Check us out at patreon.com slash godsfall. If you want to donate to the show, you can do so at paypal.me slash godsfall or ko-fi.com slash godsfall. If you cannot afford to donate, don't worry. We'd love for you to leave us a review to help get the show in front of more people. To find all the places you can support and review God's Fall, head over to desertroll.com slash support. So please enjoy the premiere of God's Fall Season 6 and listen to the next episode right now at patreon.com slash godsfall. My name is Michael. My pronouns are he, him. I play Zion Preeton, the newly arisen god of force. My name is Doug, and my pronouns are he and him, and I play Doro Knot, the newly arisen god of travel. My name is Joe, my pronouns are he, him, and I play Lord Haldir Loran, the newly arisen god of war. My name is Kelly, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Rena Falaval, the arisen god of luck. Rena and Doro were headed out of the hotel room in order to search Hog's feet for fellow thieves, basically. Uh, fellow thieves that you could talk thief to and possibly find out some information. You know that Tiago Reese and Grabby Hand, so we know his name Cyril Avantis, but you've never actually heard his name. You know that those two were in town at some point to set up this ambush, to kill Paris whole family, turn them into monsters, and set them against you. At some point, he had to come here and do that. That trap had to be laid. So, you two had uh, left Zion and Para to kind of talk together and, like, figure out where they were. Um, Para's pretty upset. You two had kind of left them alone. Caitlin and Haldir had gone off and done something, and you two are now just in Hogsfeed. It's like 6 or 7 p.m. It's getting later, but it's still incredibly busy. The festival is in full swing. What are you guys looking for? Well, uh, as a rogue, I actually have a network I can actually tap into. Uh, it's like I have a contact, and I know how to get in contact with him anywhere basically. So you know uh, that there is a group of uh, herders, of Goliath herders, right? And they herd Granta. And there is a herd of, like, as you guys are looking across and, like, there's a big stockyards where they do a lot of their livestock and their prized livestock and the horses for the different events. And there's a bunch of Granta in those pens. And you can see the big blue stripes painted along their side that definitely identifies them as part of 
of this herd. And you know that there's a Goliath herder among those that runs a smuggling ring. And if anyone knows what's going on in this town, it's going to be her. Okay, well, then I I inform Rena about this potential contact to the network and suggest that we go and speak to the Goliath herders. I'm just following. All right, well, I, I'll, I'll take the lead. And also, Autumn with you. Yes, I am also here. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Is that it? It's just us three? Correct. Well, then... Rather rather than ignoring Automobile, <laughs> uh, I inform both of them at the same time. Hmm. That does seem promising. Uh, there was something I was going to follow up on my own. Are you all okay? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, don't worry. I'll take care of Rena. You go do what you have to what? do. Uh, you can what? see us what? in a couple seconds. Wait, what are you going to go? Sure. What are you, you going to go look at? There are some people I wish to talk to while I am here. Do not worry. I am in good hands. And he does a little bow, and then he's just gone. He just zips out of there. I mean, if anyone's going to be okay by themselves, it's going to be him. Aramil wants to kill Paris still, so this is not great that I'm just letting him go by himself. Oinkers also looks slightly concerned. Oinkers looks a little worried as Aramil takes off, but quickly, you know, forgets. Okay, so is Oinkers, like, (laughs) chilling with me? Is that, like... Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oinkers is with you all. Oinkers stayed behind when Torvik left. So Torvik left uh, right before you guys pulled into, God, into Capania back in Rizon. So Torvik's been gone for a while. So I <laughs> I t- turn to Oinkers and I go, Oinkers, between the two of us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you think you could keep an eye on Aramil? Because I need to figure out what the he's doing. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if he gets anywhere near Para, I need you to like... I need you to kill him. Something. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oinkers thinks he can do that. Uh, well, Oinkers, like, again, you don't, or do you, can you speak with animals? I mean, at this point, I feel like me and Oinkers have a communication system. Oinkers, with nonverbal communication, Oinkers can physically do things. Like, if you said, raise your right leg, Oinkers would raise her right leg. If you said nod, Oinkers would nod. Like, so you can communicate that way. Yeah. I introduced a version of Oinkers into the Escape the Union game and someone could speak with animals and I was caught off guard because I didn't consider it. And so Oinkers is now a himbo or a shimbo, I suppose. Because Oinkers kind of talks like this. And like, I had no choice. Like, I just launched into it and I was stuck with it. So (laughs) exactly, exactly. (laughs) It's exactly what it is. All right. So, yeah. So Oinkers nods and looks very serious and turns into like a little peregrine falcon, a little pink one, a little wing salute, and then just takes off and goes flying after Adamu. And I tried to make sure that Doro didn't hear that mini conversation where we talked about Para being a problem. Like, Doro, I just, like, would you be trying to listen in to her talk to Oinkers? So, so oddly enough, perfect. I'm, I'm so glad you segued like that, uh, because as you look up from your little secret meeting, Doro's gone. Where did Doro go? <laughs> Oh, no. Where did Doro go? Oh, dear. All right, Doro, where have you gone? I've definitely uh, just assumed they were staying right behind me as I was basically leading off. And much like I often do with Wild Abaddon, I just, you know, blinking ahead. Are you hiding? 
No, 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 no. I'm using it as a form of travel. I just, she, you know, she can keep up because she's an acrobat to some degree. And he is like, he moves like lightning. Right. But you, you just know, like so blink run him every anyway. 30 feet. Yeah. You just, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just going like up the road or something. But I use it as like a form of travel too sometimes when I'm really lazy. What did Rita roll for uh, perception? Okay. I got a 27. All right, that's plenty. So you so you're used to this. So you're used to trying to spot Doro because Doro does this. So you see Doro like popping up the road. Now the road is filled with revelers. A lot of them are drunk. And so Doro, like every 30 feet, appears, picks someone's pocket, appears, grabs someone's like he's just stealing as he's going along, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I would say, Doro, by the time you got to the stables, uh, you've gained 10 gold in various items. <laughs> you also have okay. like, you have like three things of, you have like three things of food and like a, and like a whole tankard of ale. Like you're all lined up. This is, and then, and then literally I could use this to like barter with the content. You could hundred like, percent. I got you. I got here. some shit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so you are outside a very large stables. There's multiple buildings set up. There's a large open area where they do all the, um, uh, like, you know, the hog, I don't know, like, is it a pretty hog? I don't know. I honestly don't know how you rate a hog, but however you do rate a hog. Yeah, like the like here's a ribbon for the largest hog. Here's a ribbon for the best hog. Here's a ribbon for the hog races. Like all that stuff happens in this area, but you're at one mm -hmm. of the auxiliary stables uh, where they keep the animals and then prep them to be shown. Okay. Uh, just as a quick glance, as I'm coming into the stables, I want to kind of examine... The different I know I'm I have no animal anything. Sure. I totally aware of that. Yeah. But like even me as a person can walk into a four H tent and say, That's probably the one. God, you're so <laughs> you know from I mean? Ohio. Like, you're so from Ohio that you walk in instead of a four H tent. It's it's so not that hard because like most of the entries to those types of things are all like covered in like mud and crap and stuff. You're like, what the hell? And there's always one person who takes this way too, too seriously <laughs> and like they're blow drying the sheep and stuff <laughs> yeah. and giving it a balayage and yeah. you're like what the hell so i would say that the first thing you would notice are the granta so there are two dozen of these massive creatures they are uh about um at their at their shoulders they're as tall as elephants right and they have these fantastically large horns they're like giant uh, boars, right? If they also had like a yeah. rhino's horn coming off the front, uh -huh. and, you know, and, yeah. and also two yeah. big tusks on either side. So they got like like a little tripate of weaponry yeah. on the front yeah. of them, right? And they're just cool. massive and they're all very well taken care of. They all have these big blue stripes painted along them and are very clearly, um, you know, like they like there's no other Granta there. So there's no real competition, right? right. Very right. few people heard a Granta. Um, okay, so a couple little background questions, mm -hmm. real quick. Uh, have I ever seen a Granta before? Physically in person, no. There'd be no reason for you to. They um, they're really only in Wessel, so I don't think okay. you would have seen these before. Okay, so this is like my first encounter. So it's 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 kind of dinosaur like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and this contact that I'm about to link up with, real quick. Did, like I. I don't know this person or something, do I? Or, or how do you want to do that? I would say I think you know her through a friend of a friend. So one of the uh, halflings that used to belong to your old guild 
in uh, Port Bliss. One of them spoke very fondly of this particular, like there was a night where they were in Wessel and they were like, just like out in the fields camping because they like to camp. They're a weird halfling that way. And just came yeah. across this giant herd of grunt. It was so fascinated by it that they had to go investigate, ended up breaking camp with these Goliaths who were very amused to meet a halfling. Right. And it just was a good night and would tell this story over and over again until you guys knew every single detail. So you feel like you know her. She is a uh, particularly short Goliath, although she's still like seven feet tall. Right. But for a Goliath, she's a little on the short side. Do you want to name her or do you want me to dance around that? Already got you covered, my friend. I have all the names already prepared. Excuse me, I'm looking for a Jennifer. Uh, Nira, you are looking for <laughs> a Nira. And you, and you spot her pretty simply. There are several Goliaths um, in and about the area. None are inside this kind of like oversized barn right now, That except for one woman who is clearly her at the back of the barn. And she's got one of the Granta's feet up on this huge, basically stump. And she's trying to get a rock out between its like little bony toes. Ooh, should I help? Should I not help? Maybe I shouldn't help. <laughs> and then, like, right as he's, like, walking in the barn and he's doing his assessment, Rena just goes, like, <sighs> and then she goes, okay. Looks around the barn and is just like, all right. And then just, like, just, like, stands behind Doro and is just, like, just staring at everything and just being, like, she's, like, not even, like, she's just kind of, like, this is happening. <laughs> all right. So, Doro, what do you do? Uh, as Rena. <laughs> catches up uh, you know out of breath a little I turn to her like as if she had been there the whole time <laughs> not missing a beat or anything and I say find the most important animal in this stable right now Oops. okay <laughs> just like and then just like I just start to glance around to like see because <laughs> I've been in a forest my whole life so like I'm just like looking around being like what looks the most nice and healthy looking one that it's got going on Grow me animal handling or nature. You could roll me nature as well. Ooh, I want you to do nature. I didn't do great. I got 12. <laughs> like you've never seen anything like this either. There's nothing like this in the iron wood. These, you've heard of Granta. Everyone's heard of them. Um, it's like everyone's heard of an elephant. Not, not, not everyone's seen one. Everyone's heard of a polar bear, right? Like, like all the big monsters that are normal in your world you've heard of. And uh, it's been, they all look very impressive. But the one that Nira's trying to get the rock out of the paw is clearly larger than the rest of them, stands a full foot higher than the rest of them. Serena so just like points over Dora's shoulder, like in the direction, like right next to his head, like past his, and she just goes like that one. And as, as Doro's kind of like glancing at what this lady's doing, he looks back at Rena and gives her a nod, you know, and flicks one of the coins that he stole <laughs> at her. You tip her? Like, <laughs> sure, why not? Whatever. Don't worry, I'll take it back. Uh, so um, then I go over and I pro approach Nira. Excuse me. She doesn't even look up and she just... Oh, and she pops like a rock out of this thing's toe that's basically the size of your head. And she turns over. What you need, Halflin? Uh, your name is Nira, right? And she stands up and cracks her shoulders, folds her arms and looks down at you. Yeah, my name's Nira. So you're probably uh, friends with friends of mine. Uh, and I'm looking for some information. I'm trying to find some people. 
Okay, what's the halfling's name that you're trying to find? I mean, sorry, what's what's the halfling's name that you would have known? Um, let's say his name was Gerbel. G E E R B E L. Okay, excellent. Gerbil, the halfling. All right, yeah. So, yeah. And then, like, a smile spreads across her face, and she kind of leans down, and she gets right at your, well, as close to your level as she can be. She's like, oh, Gerbil. And then she laughs, and she's like, you must be one of the halflings from, you know, because she, because Gerbil told her everything about you guys. So she's got right. all the stories about you guys. So she knows exactly who you are. And she laughs, and she's like, how is Gerbil? Uh, anyways, I have a really important <laughs> message to get into the network. If you could uh, also send that in as well. All right. What do you got to say? I have a rolled up note that uh, I hand her basically. And, a little, uh, little teeny note, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like a little tiny note, basically. <laughs> um, just make sure that this gets as deep and far into the network as possible. Okay. What does the note say? So the note, all, all it says is... Uh, I'm watching you. Uh, what was his name? Randall or something? Randall. Fuck, fucking Randall. Yeah, yeah. Randall. Yeah. yeah. Your enemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's all it says. <laughs> right. It's, it's just it's just an empty bluff threat right. that I know that he, he's watching the network right. and is like he'll taking things out. And he'll see this little tiny fucking note that I wrote for no one saying that <laughs> I'm watching him basically just to freak him out. She just kind of laughs and she carefully rolls up this tiny, tiny note and she puts it into her pocket. I can do that. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I just need to find these two individuals. And I basically, I start telling her about Sabu. Who's the other person we're no, looking, no, you're looking, looking for? for Sabu? No, it's Cyril and, uh, no. well, we don't know his name. but Cyril, Cyril Avanti. And, oh, Cyril. Yeah. And uh, Tiago. Do you guys know his name? No. Wait, wait, no. do you know his name is Cyril? You don't know it. So you know Grabby Hands, but yeah, you, dis- you can describe what he looks like. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll just, yeah. I'll describe Grabby If you yeah, guys have fine. seen the art for Malvorn, that's basically also the art for <laughs> for Grabby Hands. So imagine him like that. Tall, blonde, looks like a jock from an 80s movie, that kind of thing. And then also for Tiago Reese. So you're looking yeah. for those two individuals. Yeah, I go into like light description, uh, nothing too like super detailed or anything. Cause I, I don't think I have like that good of information on what they look like other than firsthand accounts. So yeah, she's listening to you and she's nodding and she doesn't seem to give away anything as she's listening, but she's hearing you. She also puts a giant trunk on this table in front of her as she slams it down, then opens up the lid. Can Rena be looking at her face to see if she like when she when when Doro is describing what Tiago and Cyril look like? Can she like be like like yeah. Rena wants to be like trying to get a beat on her? About, you want like, to do a uh, you want to kind of like do an insight yeah. and see what she's see if she's like yeah. if there's any like recognition? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. And I get a nat one, so I don't notice the animals are just so new and just. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what happens, actually. There's a, uh, yeah, one of them just, also, I wrote a natural 20 for her. (laughs) Wow. We are the opposite sides of the coin. And they're loud and they're kind of stompy. So, yeah, that just distracted you. (laughs) Uh, But what she does is she sets a giant chest down and she starts pulling items out of it. Um, All the items look, they're they're all kind of assorted. Like, none of them have anything to to do with each other. One of them is is a obsidian candle. One of them is a smaller chest that comes out of the first chest. One is a single coin that she puts down and she's placing all these items down and she's listening to you. She's like, well, that's interesting because a fella did enter here not three days ago 
match that description exactly for Tiago Reese. Okay, not surprising. Rena's so. triggered. Had some questions to ask and had a picture with them. And she lays out a, a single ruby. She lays out a very intricate copper lantern that has the carvings of dragon heads along the side of it. And she puts down a silver flask that has symbi- that has religious symbology carved along it. If one of you wants to roll a religion check, uh, you can try and figure out what that is. And then also a smooth ivory disc. Oh, and a simple and a very simple clay pot that you would see at like a hardware store to like maybe grow a little plant, that kind of thing. I got a 14 for religion. It has the symbology of the old god of life, Yala, along it. Two things I have for you here. Sounds like you all are adventuring type. I have some items. Magical items. They do herd Granta, but she uses it as a cover to smuggle magical items all across Wessel. So she has the magical items, and she knows some information about some of them. Mm. She knows a little information about some of them. So she's willing to tell you what you need to know about Tiago if you purchase something. Oh, so I have to buy something in order for her to to give me the information. Exactly. So it's like I'm paying for the information, but she also wants to give me a magic item out of it? Well, they all cost different prices, (laughs) so keep that in mind. Okay. Oh, and so the information might not cost the amount of the magic item, and you wouldn't know unless you get appraised both. So That's kind of fucked. Do you want to know what the items are? Well, what she knows about the items anyway. Um, Yeah, let me get a list going here, huh? All right, so first there's a black candle. There's an ebony candle that costs 50 gold, and she holds it up, she lights it and she douses the candle in a cup of water and pulls it back out and it hasn't gone out. And then she blows it out and it goes out. So it's a candle that can be lit underwater or stay lit underwater. Is it lit while it's underwater or? Yeah, it stays, oh it, Zion it stays lit. For that thing. Zion's going to like oh a lot God. of these things. So, that, wow. so that's <laughs> the first item. The second item is a small chest about big enough to hold a single week's worth of rations. And she opens it and she pulls out a single apple that's inside of it. This apple has been in this chest for an entire year. Have a bite. I'm just supposed to take your word for this? Yes. Uh, I, no, thank you. I, I won't bite the apple, but thank you. She takes a big bite out of it. It crunches. The inside of it is perfect. Any food or any item that can spoil, you place inside this chest so it'll stay perfect forever. Forever. 250 gold. Then the next item is a is an ivory disc about five inches across. Which of you are dirtiest? Doro. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Wait, you asked that. I was like, why did you even ask? <laughs> no, I need to know, but she's just looking at you. So she. Also, thank you for asking. I mean, that's actually, that would just be rude, just assuming I'm the dirtiest. Thank you for doing that. But let's all come together on this. If Torvik was here, I would have assumed for the rest of you. <laughs> oh, right? yeah, Torvik, I guess, could be. Right. Yeah. So she leans, she leans down and she brushes this disc against your back. And it's very smooth and cold to the touch. And as she does, all the dirt and all of the filth, like if like if there's a stain in your jacket from like cotton candy or whatever, it all's gone. You're just clean. Like you just stepped out of a shower and had freshly laundered clothes. So is this, this is just a cleansing stone? Whoa. 
Is this just prestidigitation? It, it, well, yeah, basically it was, okay. it, but only for this particular thing. It just cleans you. It was used oh. by priests of, it was used by the old priests yeah. of order to basically, because they believed in, in being absolutely spotless while they were doing their, uh, their, in, their incarnations. Oh, all these items would work great for our like future plans of a panini shop oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. now, now we can have a laundromat. <laughs> That's true. We can have a laundromat. <laughs> so that costs five hundred gold. Yes. Uh, then she picks up the copper coin and she's like, "This is a little more detailed." And she said, "I am seven feet tall." And she holds the coin up and she drops it. And it falls and hits the ground and makes seven pings. When this coin is dropped, it shall return a ding for every foot that it was dropped. Oh. oh. Okay. Oh. It's like a measuring that's, tape. That's, where are you pulling these items out? Are you making them up? All of these are common magic items because the D&D is filled with very common magic items. And I figured that any of these common magic items that would have been prevalent in a world where there was magic, in a world where there isn't magic, all seem like miracles, even though they're basically just cantrips. Yeah. I just want to say I love this. I love this over like a flaming sword. That stuff is like whatever. Right. This is like these are fun. practical <laughs> use and stuff. Like magic has a use now. And that's that's so cool. All right. Anyway. So that single copper coin costs 100 gold. You didn't tell us how much the ivory disc was. The ivory disc is 500 gold. Then she turns to the lantern. Now this, this lantern is very special. And she runs her hands over. Now she's like fully selling it, right? You light this lantern and she, and there's oil in it, right? And she turns it and she lights it. And it glows with a very bright, very beautiful aflame and all this intricate carving. Normally... Normal lantern. Oil will last six hours. However, if a dragon is near, it will burn brighter and burn the color of said dragon. Do you want more of the best role-playing podcasts you have ever heard? Then check out our new TTRPG podcast network, Does It Roll?, that's a nine. Nine force damage. Wow, okay. Ooh. Your Eldritch Blast just explodes the throat away. The body just lies there, black ooze spraying out. We are the official home of Wizards of the Coast Rhyme of the Frostmaiden game, and we have several adventures already posted for you to enjoy. You can check us out weekly on Twitch at twitch.tv slash doesitroll, or check out the podcast versions at doesitroll.com. It's a lantern that when lit, if there's a dragon within a mile, it will burn brighter and burn with the color of that dragon. So if it's a blue dragon, it'll burn blue. If it's a red dragon, it'll burn red. Dragons haven't been seen for a hundred years. So there's, right. it's not, you really can't prove this, but she claims it's true. Wait, don't we know there's a dragon? Because we saw like the one that's in Utea. Yeah, you saw uh, visions of it. Yes, correct. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So you know, you think there are dragons. Assuming that was a vision in your timeline, in your current reality, yeah. there are dragons. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but like, they're not a problem. And she quotes 2,500 gold for this lantern. That's it? The ruby is a one-inch ruby 
when you place it into a weapon, so let's say that Zion put it against his staff, it would merge with his with his with his weapon and then allow him to use it as a spell focus. So it's for magic users, basically. So he'd be able to turn whatever weapon he was using into his spell focus item. What's the benefit of a spell focus item? I'm not It would he gets to add one die four to any damage he does with it. So anytime he's oh, cool. holding it and does them and, and cast magic or cast a divinity, a he gets to add an extra die four. Yeah. That's cute. So it's a it's like a little thing, but it's like a little thing of focus, right? How, how much is that? That is five hundred gold. A small clay pot, and she looks at it and she was like, "I know this is magical. <laughs> I know you have to grow something inside it, but I do not know what it does. All I know is that once you do grow something inside it, it can never be used again." Oh. As the pot cannot be used again, or the plant cannot be used again. That's all she knows. That the plot that the pot will shatter when something is grown in it. Is there anything on the pot, or is just a clay pot? Yeah, there's all these little drawings of like, um, what's the case? You know, uh, pseudo wood, uh, the Pokemon. Yeah. Looks uh, like that. It looks yeah, like like uh, like like a bunch of like animated plants. It doesn't look like our cactus friend at all. No, right? it doesn't look no. like him at okay, all. Yeah. All right. Okay, but right. kind of reminiscent of him. Probably just in a cartoony way. Yeah. How much does she want for the pot? 20 gold. Oh, well, that's happening. The last item. This is the most special thing I have. And she picks it up. This is a decanter of endless water. And she unscrews the cap and she says a word, which is uh, the draconic word for trickle. And when she does that, water begins to pour out of it like you would normally pour water out of a flask. But it's endless. She can pour endless clean water. And then when she turns it up, it stops. She has two more command words. The second one puts out more water. The third one, she turns, like, just pointing directly towards one of the agranta, about 20 feet away. And a bird, a geyser of water fires out and just starts to, like, strip dirt off the side of the Agranta. And she holds it there for a good 30 seconds, says the command word again, and it stops. Then she recaps it and places it down. I will only accept trade for this item. This is reminiscent of that thing that Torvik had, right? A jug of many things, I believe it's called. It does yeah. oil and water and mayonnaise. Like alcohol or something. Alcohol. Like, yeah, yeah, that's really all he used it for was the alcohol. Yeah. So those are the items set before you. And not for a jet ski that we're going to build. Oh, the water park for our panini shop and laundromat. (laughs) Panini shop slash laundromat. Yeah, exactly. Slash water park. Perfect. Slash greenhouse with this pot (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) Well, no, it's one use. You can't make a business out of that. Kill her and take all her stuff. (laughs) Damn. The, the Michael's shining through. Bold move. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> I'm sorry, Hall Deer. I didn't realize you had joined them. <laughs> Roll for initiative. <laughs> so Rena just like takes 20 gold, plops it down, and is like, I want the clay pot. And uh, if you would like anything else, she'll sell it to you, or she's happy to give you the information now as well. When Tiago came through, did he buy any info from you? And then did he buy any magical items from you, if he did? He provided me. With something, yes. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have to get to the bottom of that. But if, um, I have a question about like a mechanic thing a bit. Sure. Um, I had tried, I don't know if I, 
I don't think I did this in front of you guys. I had this idea by myself. But if I have a piece of Godstone, you say it stores divinity. So if I have a piece of Godstone, just like a tiny piece, and I put one of my points of lucky in it, can anyone use that? I would say yes, but you lose it. Yeah, I lose it for the day. And you lose it every day until it's, no, no, every day. So every day until that's spent, you'd be one point down. As long as that point's inside that thing, it's been given up until it gets spent and then it'll it'll return to you on the following day. So you can, but it's costly. Because that's a great barter skill. I was also just it's thinking, great. like, I could also it's just do it. I was, I was hoping to, like, I hoping I was hoping I could Which do you it. Could, you could make smaller ones. So instead of giving away a whole, basically, advantage, instead of yeah. giving that away, you could give away, like, a, a, 1D, a 1D4, like, bard thing. Yeah. To, like, like, and to, like, all, like, whatever they choose, they could use it for bardic inspiration and get, like, 1D4 or 1D6 added to a D20. You could do that. Okay, so I'm going to give one of those to the party at some point. That's a really good idea. That's an excellent <laughs> idea. like, my brother and I were, like, scheming this. We were like, well. It should look like a little casino chip with Rena's yeah, right. face on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> it just says, like, Joe Dollar on it, you know? And, like, and then it's like, there was, like, something on it. So you could totally do that. Uh, it's, like, but all for right hail now, Rena on it. Like, just <laughs> it's just a picture of you, and it says, you owe me. That's, that's all it says on it. Uh, is there anything else you want, Doro? Did you want to purchase anything else from her? Um, I wonder how perceptive she is. You want to try and steal? I mean, they're on a table in front of her. She seems to be paying close attention. These obviously are valuable. This is her job. You know, she seems competent. Mm. And there is a crossbow leaning on the wall next to her, the size of her. I mean, the um, the size of you. Looking around, are there like, does she have like, a guard anywhere like like even if they're like hiding outside there were other ones as, as far as one's hiding go ahead and roll perception okay cool 20 so you're scanning around the bar and you're looking it's gonna it's gonna take a couple minutes as you're kind of like looking into all the areas and into all the darkness around you uh dora while she's doing that did you want to buy anything else um yeah, why not? Right. I'll, I'll be a good guy. What do you want to buy? A good guy in a while. Uh, I want to buy the black candle. The black candle costs fifty gold. She happily sells yep. that to you. Anything yeah. else? No, I can't afford anything else. <laughs> Mood. <laughs> then she starts to pick. Yeah, she begins to like pick all the items up and put them back into the chest. As she's doing that, Rena, you're scanning around and you see a glow, a very very faint glow up in the rafters about maybe 30 feet up and against the edge of the barn, maybe another 50 feet into the barn, where the Granta are. Like in the stall or up in the rafters? Up in the rafters. A glow. Yeah, like a like like like, like kind of a sickly pale glow, but similar to the astral realm. That kind of pink and purple swirling energy. As you're looking at that, she turns to both of you and says, so this Tiago, yes, he did come with a friend, tall woman, blonde, sparkly red dress, odd, seemed out of place, but very confident in herself. Those two were in three days ago. Tiago asked about one individual, had an image of him. And it was so clearly drawn and the paper was shiny. It was like nothing she'd ever seen before. It looked exactly like a person. 
inside a strange metal box with glass in it and wheels, but there was no horse pulling it. And it was surrounded by giant towers of pure glass. And it's Haldir. Oh. She, but she's just describing this, right? She's not like showing us this thing. Correct. She? she doesn't have the, okay. she doesn't have the photo, but she's describing what it is and how it was okay. very unusual for her. And when she describes Haldir, we know it's Haldir? Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, she describes Haldir to a T. Okay. <laughs> it's, she's, she's like the fancy he's, furs he's and the kind blah, of hard blah, blah, to blah, forget. And the, well, he yeah. wasn't wearing the furs in this photo, but everything else about him okay. is very clearly Haldir. Okay. Also, uh, the one in the red address seemed to have had a direct interaction with him because when it got to the actual descriptions of how he talked and walked, she's the one who took over. What did what did Ariska look like? So she had red hair and was sh- kind of short, like okay. around five four. Okay, okay, okay. Just, just checking. So definitely not her. No, yeah. Weird. I don't know who that is. That's so weird. Okay. Um, Show knows. But, okay, so Tiago Reese was here, but... So she didn't say anything about... Rita's going to tap Dora on the shoulder, and then she's going to lean down, and in halfling, she's going to say, is it at, like, my, like, what? Like, my, like, 9 o'clock? Or, like, my, like, 10 o'clock? Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, so I sure. say... It's I at just, your 9 o'clock, in, yeah. I just say 10 o'clock, like, rafters, and then, like, lean back up. I'm trying to look like I'm Doro's guard to a certain degree. <laughs> so. You're his muscle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like passing a message, you know? <laughs> so Doro, uh, do you know what nine do you know what nine o'clock means? <laughs> so first off, as as she's doing this, like so she's never done this before, and I've never experienced her like speaking halfling or anything <laughs> like that. I totally pop like a what the fuck? You can <laughs> what the You can speak halfling? <laughs> like to, yeah, totally like taken aback. Like, you know when you're in a foreign country <laughs> yeah. and you're just kind of trying to make your way around, and then someone comes up to you with like perfect English <laughs> or something, you're like Oh, but I totally understand that. That's so weird. <laughs> so yeah, I totally pop like a what the fuck look at her while she's doing that. And then she's, she raises back up and is like looking all like, yeah, we're going to get this done. We're cool, huh? And I totally, I absolutely jump up on this table where the items are, like right. shaking some of them. And the Goliath is like, what the hell? Yeah. And I point at her and I say in halfling, like, I, I, when did you learn this? How long have you known how to talk like this? <laughs> and Nira's just kind of looking at both of at both of you, but she laughs because she knows kind of you. She knows the stories of you. This is not unusual for her. And she's just putting all the items back into the into the chest. As you follow her eyeline, Adoro, you see the energy she was talking about. It's growing brighter. And some of the Granta are starting to complain and shuffle and call out. And now Nira is paying attention. She's like, come, come. Calm yourselves, calm. And she's trying to like, she's walking over towards where the Granta are to give them direction. I point towards the astral, you know, energy kind of flare up that's happening in the rafters and say towards Nira, what's that? And she looks up and she frowns at it as it begins to grow brighter and crackle with energy. And a couple more spots now are glowing around you, and some of the Granta are beginning to shout. Okay, so Rena takes out her bone arrow, and she shoots off an arrow into the direction of one of them, and she shoots her light arrow and just does, like, yellow to see if she can see, like, what it is. 
So you fire this 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 arrow. You say Elven in light, and you let go of it, and it illuminates into daylight as it fires into the rafters. This bright path of light shines over every everything, and the Grunt all kind of rear back as they're surprised by the light. But as it gets towards the rafters, it illuminates this glob of pulsating flesh that's just covered in ears. And as it as it does that, you hear one of the Granta scream. It rears back, and there's a crackling bit of pink and purple energy on their back as you notice a godstone embedded into their flesh. And black lines are growing all over it as its veins turn. You hear bones cracking and snapping inside it as it screams, and its eyes turn like that pink and purple of the astral realm. I would like you all to roll initiative. Is this like the zombies? Different, but similar. Okay. And this isn't like the flesh monster that we saw in like Para's house. As it's transforming and cracking and groaning, it sounds exactly like the flesh monster in Para's house. (sighs) Fucking A, okay. Initiative. 17. 17. 26. Oh, who's keeping initiative? Michael. Oh, Michael! Yay! Thank you, Michael! Michael's the best! Uh, well, that was a 26 for you? Fucking hell, you're so crazy with initiative. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Nira gets a... Oh, she gets a 19. She does all right. Oh, admirably. And the Granta will all go on nine. <laughs> so you guys, so you can all act first. Okay, sorry, uh, who got what now? So she rolled a 19. Uh, Kelly rolled a 26, I think, Rena rolled. Yeah. And uh, Doro rolled a 16. 17. And then the Granta rolled a 10. First to act, Rena. So the Granta, were, like, is it in a pen? They all are in pens. Okay. But these pens are not normally made for Granta. So they, like, as they begin to shuffle and move, it doesn't look like they're going to be constrained for long. And the, and the one that just roared back and yelled is turning all black uh, as, as those black veins are shooting through its body. It lands on its gate and just crushes it. So she's going to take her first action as her first arrow, and she's going to fire an entangle arrow on the, fir- the Granta that has the, um, you know, or the thingy, the godstone in it, or whatever. You can also see two others, by the way, beginning to transform. So there appears to be three of them in total. 18 to hit. Okay, 18 hits. Cool. Um, and then it acts like the entangle spell. Okay, so entangle, it's a spe- it's a strength save. So what is your uh, what is your divinity modifier? Let's see. My divinity score is a 16, so my modifier is a three. Okay, all right, I'm gonna roll strength. And I rolled, yes, I rolled a 19. So the, you do hit it, uh, go ahead and roll damage. Okay, so I got a four for damage. Okay, so its hide is thick. The arrow doesn't bury itself as deep as you thought it would. I mean, you've struck it, you've clearly drawn blood, but it doesn't seem that phased. And the vines that wrap around it are quickly snapped as it rears back, because it's pretty strong and pretty large. Okay, so she has an extra attack, so she's just going to do that again. So <laughs> we're trying to get... Vines, vines, vines! Vines, vines, vines! Oh, God. Okay, and that was a 30 to hit. Um, 
And then... That absolutely hits. That 100%. <laughs> we're dead in between the eyes. That hits. And that is a um, six for damage. All right. So you put two arrows right next to each other. The vines burst out. I'm going to roll again for him. Uh, this time he rolls a natural 20 on strength. So those vines don't stand a chance. He's just tearing, just tearing through them. Uh, but... You've hit him twice, and he is bleeding and angry, so well done. Okay, and then she's trying to move to, um, like, a corner. She wants to be able to, like, so she gets vantage point on, like, everything. Imagine, like, you've walked into this long barn. There are rows of Granta on either side of you and then Granta in the front of you. So the only way to be, you'd have to move back towards the entrance to have your back covered, basically. Mm, I don't want to be, okay, so... How far away is like the entrance from me? About fifty about fifty feet. I don't wanna like have my back to the open because like my brain is just like Tiago's here. You either have your back to the open or if you you have your back to Granta. Um I'll have my back to Granta, but <laughs> Rena tries to look for one that might not be possessed by the weird flesh monster. There are several that aren't possessed. Uh, okay. so there's about a dozen of them in total. The ones that aren't possessed are are freaked out by the ones that are and are trying to get away. So it looks like a stampede is going to start on their turn. Rena tries to stand in between like two of the gates. Like, you know, like, so like if they both popped open, she would be like standing like in the middle of the two of them. Nira is trying to calm the animals. So she's over on one on one side, like with the one she was taking care of, like, like do not worry, calm, do not be angry. And she's trying to get them under control. So she's going to roll animal handling. All right, she rolled a, nine, a 19. So she is calming the one in front of her, but she's not able to calm the others. Doro, what are you doing? Uh, just one quick question, real quick. I don't have any of my divinity stuff on my character sheet, so what's the? how do you figure out the role to do stuff with your power? What is it? You can teleport whenever you want, but um, so because you, you, you have that down by now. If you tried to teleport other people or other things, then you'd have to make a roll. But as, but as far as moving, you can teleport 90 feet whenever you want in any direction as your movement. Divinity score, though, is 10 plus your proficiency plus your whatever your whatever your modifier is for whatever your divinity comes from. I think okay. for travel, it's dex, right? Yeah, it was wisdom for a while, but we decided that that was silly because it didn't make sense. It didn't make any so. sense, yeah. And that means because Except we're level for knowing your direction. Eight, your, our, um... It should be. Our, did our proficiency bonus go up, or no? I think it's mine still plus says, three. Mine says three. Yeah, so it's plus three, and then plus your dex, which is plus four or plus three. Mine says plus seven. Your dex? No, that's your dexterity save. What does it say underneath dex? Oh, 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 oh. you're right. I'm sorry. Uh, plus four. Plus four. So you have a. You're so right. you have a, you you have you you roll ten plus seven whenever you roll your divinity. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Um. So. How many Granta are infected? Three are definitely infected. The rest just seem freaked out. How many are not infected? About 12. And only one of them seems under control right now. Is the light still up in the rafters? Yeah, so that arrow just stuck to the roof and is shining bright light down. And you can very clearly see this sack of ear flesh. It's about three feet wide to about one foot wide. It tends to change shape, but it's about that size. But it's like a ball of ears. It's like a ball of ears. Yeah, basically all stuck to each other, all fused together. Can I comfortably, like pretty efficiently, just teleport up there next to the thing? Easily. Right up in the rafters. 
Yeah, so I want to get within like, I definitely want to get within five feet of that thing. Yep. Done. Uh, and then I want to pull out my Thunderstone and slam it on the ground right next to it. Oh dear. Okay, so you pull this little Thunderstone out and you just slam it into the rafter and it creates a thunder wave out of it. The ears scream as you burst two, three dozen eardrums all at once. Blood starts to ooze out of it as it kind of deflates flops over and and falls to the ground, seemingly dead? Seemingly. Hard to know if it was alive, but if it was alive, it appears dead. Good. Well, I mean, some part of me likes to believe that was a piece of Cyril, so <laughs> there. It was. Excellent. <laughs> He's not going to be happy about that because he was definitely there. listening, so that, that did kinda, suck for him. I kind of wish I could take it with me and wear it like a badge of honor. <laughs> well, I guess you could. That's weird. Is there anything Like a hat. I want to make a hat out of it. Is there anything else Doro can do in that round? No, no, okay. that's it. That's I just, I just wanted to hurt him. I can't. There's no way I can CC these giant things. What am I supposed to do? So just get out of the way. Maybe pe- better capable people can handle it. Well, you, you, you did handle whatever this was. Unfortunately, a thunder bolt basically was the was the last thing these Granta really needed to freak out. So on their turn, they're going to stampede. They, all the ones that are healthy, break down their doors, charge out. Reno, you are just in the middle as two of these guys charge right next to you. Nira is still able to control the largest one in front of her, but the others charge past and all storm towards the entrance uh, in a herd of about a dozen. Thank you for joining us for Season 6, Episode 1, Countdown, Part 1. We are busy recording and editing the next chapter of God's Fall, and you can listen to Season 6, Episode 2 right now at patreon.com slash godsfall. We'll see you next time in the world of the five kingdoms. Five kingdoms.